0: to thank you for the word that you have for us today. I thank you for the truth and the life that your word brings. And Lord, we just want to claim that truth into our hearts and minds. And Lord, I pray that my heart will be changed today. I pray that every person's heart in the room or watching online will be changed because your word has dwelt in us. Lord, I pray that we will just linger in your word, in your voice, in your presence. Jesus, sweetest, pray that we'll be more like You. Holy Spirit, come. Amen. 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 She didn't marry me because I am uh, romantic. Our first date was at the Bellowing Bull in Lismore, just outside of Lismore, and I showed her that I could eat a whole sheep shank. Yeah. And our relationship has never looked back. Uh, My devotions was interesting this morning. If you read the Word for today, um, interesting devotion talking about the Spirit of God hovering um, at creation. And that word hovering means um, motion. Isn't that interesting? The Father was there. The Word, the Son, Jesus, as the Word was there. And motion was there. The Holy Spirit was there. And, And really interesting, we bring the Word and we bring some motion, and we have life. So I encourage you this morning, as the Word comes, engage with the Holy Spirit who will bring motion to the Word of God and will bring life to our hearts and minds. Is that okay? Um, We're talking about unanswered prayer this morning. Who's excited about that? Not me either. Oh, someone is. Awesome. Um, We've had some amazing answers to prayer in the last 12 months, haven't we? Amazing. And um, if you haven't heard, I'm not sure if Sarah's online this morning. Welcome to everyone online. We love you too. Um, Sarah Lawless had this horrific, really, battle with cancer last year. What an absolute trooper. We've been praying for her. She's been persevering, amazing, and sharing her faith along the way. And only last week or the week before got the all clear that the cancer's gone. How good is that? How good is that? And so we celebrate that and we go, thank you, Jesus. That's amazing. And that's easy to celebrate and easy to praise God. But what about the prayers that aren't answered? It's what we want to wrestle with this morning. I loved Chris's message last week and the concept of wrestling. You know what? If you don't wrestle with God, you're not going to get to know him any better. And the wrestle looks like getting into hard places with him. See, when we get into hard places, we want to hide and avoid But when we press into the hard places, we find God even more so. And we often get a fresh picture and a a greater, deeper picture of who he is. I remember being on holidays in Queensland. I still remember, I can picture standing in my parents' kitchen when my mum got a phone call to tell her, and this is probably, I was trying to work it out, 20 years ago almost, that her younger brother was diagnosed um, with secondary bone cancer. And I remember I was there to see her reaction. And um, a bit like Judas, my mum's family, a family of faith, being the salvation army forever, um, you know, walk with Jesus. Um, So lots of people were praying for my uncle. Um, But I'm not sure how, it wasn't a long period of time, I I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, But it wasn't too long later. He he fought, he had treatment, people prayed. um, But it wasn't that long after that, maybe a year or two, if that. Um, that my mum was there as she's a nurse to um, be with my uncle and his wife as he passed away. Um, Our prayers for Uncle Pete, in some ways you could feel, were unanswered. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? Well, this morning we want to wrestle with that concept. I just think it's something that we shouldn't avoid, something we should wrestle with. And so I invite you to wrestle with it, with me this morning. I don't have all the answers, but there are some things we can do while we're waiting for our prayers to be answered, or when they're not answered. Um, And my first point this morning is, unanswered prayer is a trial. We all probably acknowledge that part, don't need to talk about that. But it's a trial that requires honesty. I love this, and I've taken some of these notes from the prayer course. I know some of the groups are either starting or have started the prayer course, and that's what we're basing this series on, this series of prayer. And the reference here is Mark fourteen thirty five to 36, and it's talking about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, I reckon this was possibly short of the cross, but even to some degree, it's hard or harder than the cross because this is where Jesus wrestled internally. On the cross, in some ways, the wrestle was over. He was stuck there. But I'm sure in his spirit, he still had to be meek and you know, could have called the angels to rescue him. But in the Garden of Gethsemane was where he really made the choice, I believe, the final choice to go to the cross. And I love this prayer, and I've underlined it there for you. Um, The honesty of Jesus, right? Where he said, take, he's talking to the Father, he's praying to his Father, and he says, take this cup from me. Man, how honest is that? Just when you thought Jesus was a goody two-shoes, and he was perfect, but it shows us that we can be honest and not sin. He said, I don't want to do this. That's my interpretation. Take this cup. Take this cup. When Jesus prayed, he didn't pretend everything was okay. And we shouldn't either. Or he didn't just stay positive for the sake of being positive. You know what? Positive mindedness is not a biblical concept, friends. It's a new age concept. So we're not meant to be positive for the sake of being positive. We're meant to be honest. And absolutely be positive. We don't want to be negative all the time. But we do want to be honest. Don't be... Don't sacrifice honesty for the sake of being positive. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, Take this cup from me. In other words, I don't want to do this. And he used the most intimate name for God. Isn't that interesting? Abba. Jesus, in the toughest time of his life, cries from his heart of hearts, Dad, I don't want to do this. Dad. He knew the Father like none of us know the Father. I didn't say God. He said, Dad. It's raw. It's real. It's honest. He goes, is there any other way, Dad? All things are possible for you. Come on. Come on. What a great prayer. I loved, he affirmed God's love in the use of the word Abba. He said, God, Father, Dad, you're a God of love. He also affirmed God's power in his prayer. He said, everything is possible for you. Isn't that our wrestle? God, if you're a God of love and you're a God of power, why not? Hey, Jesus prayed the prayer first, friends, before any of us anyway. It's important that in our honesty, we also express the truth of our faith. God is always loving. We may not see it or feel it. At the time, but we confess it by faith. We believe that He is love and that He is powerful. Yeah, you know, the other thing Jesus did right, did this so right. I've never seen this before. It's interesting. He kept His closest friends and His Father close. He kept His closest friends and God close. When we are struggling, we tend to hide, we tend to try and tough it out. You know, we're a good, independent. You know, independence is not a badge you should be wearing as a Christian either. Just saying, the world. See, we get the world's badges mixed up with the Christian badges, friends, and we need to throw some of those old worldly badges out. God doesn't call you to independence; he calls you to interdependence with Him and with others. That's the call of Christianity. Jesus gets honest and vulnerable with his Father and with his closest friends. He gets honest with God and honest with his closest friends. Unanswered prayer is hard. I find it hard. It's confusing. We need the support of our Christian brothers and sisters and of God our Father. We need to press in to our support system, not pull away. We need to press in. Can you hear that this morning? I sense people need to hear that this morning. I see it so often. It's when things get hard, what do we do? We withdraw from people and God. When we should be pressing in more than ever and being vulnerable and honest, saying, I'm I'm doing it tough. You know what? You know why I'm such a big believer in that? And maybe I've just fallen on my feet over the years. But I can go back and give you stories from 20, 30 years ago where I've gotten scared the life out of myself with my honesty, and people have just shown me grace and prayer and love and so i'm just absolutely converted to the concept of honesty and vulnerability so you know you might think i'm codependent but when i'm in trouble i'm going to seek out help I mean, i've got more support systems than, it, than most people i know i've got a spiritual mentor i've got at least two um what supervisors or emotional mentors sometimes i think is there something wrong with me but then i read the bible and say hey we're supposed to seek support we're not supposed to do it alone, friends. If you feel alone, something's wrong. And if you reach out to people and they, you know, smack you up the head, well, you've reached out to the wrong person. Just find a better one. I'm pretty fussy who I confide in, and we have to be, okay. But we need to reach out for support like Jesus did. He had his three, particularly his three closest people with him, but he has the disciples with him. And he went to the Father, not away from the Father. Secondly, unanswered prayer is a trial that requires us to hold on. This is probably not a surprise, but I love this in the book of Daniel where these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you might know the story. They were Jewish men in a foreign country. And, you know, we could probably call him the dictator, but the king of that country, leader of that country, made a false idol and said, everyone's got to bow down to this idol. And these three guys go, no. You imagine that some pictures I've seen—I don't know how true these are—but I love the pictures of everyone bowing down to this false statue. And here's these three guys just—you know that you know when you're at school and everyone sits down in assembly, and you don't want to be the guy standing up last. You imagine everyone says you've got to bow down to this statue, and everyone bows down, and there's these three guys just standing there, sticking out like a sore thumb. Well, the the king or the leader of that nation said, you got to bow down to this false god, otherwise I'm going to throw you in this burning fire. And this is their response. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, they are respectful to this guy, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. I love this, and I should have underlined the other one as well, because the first phrase there they use, and he will deliver us, is their faith statement. You know what, in our holding on we need two things. We need to express our faith, he will deliver us, and we need to express our faithfulness, even if he does not. Yeah. Do you see the picture there? See the perfect balance? Yeah. We express our faith in what God can only do, but we confess our commitment to what we can only do. That's the perfect balance of holding on. We don't, they're, not, they're not doubting. There's no doubt there. But they said, even if he doesn't, we're just letting you know that we are sold out. We are not quitting on God no matter what he does because we're convinced that he will come through for us one way or another. But they also express their faith, believing he will deliver us. I love the story, and I may have shared it before, but I think it's one of the most powerful stories I've heard of Bill Johnson, the um, guy who runs Bethel Church in Redding, California. He told this amazing story in an interview at a Hillsong conference a few years ago. Just messed, you imagine a room, I know there's 500 people in this room, they were messed up. The person who was interviewing had to regather themselves after this story. It was just so powerful. And it was, it was um, the story of when um, Bill Johnson's father was passing away and all the, father, all the family had gathered in the room and I think he'd been ill and they'd been praying for him and things hadn't gone exactly the way, you know, and this is this a bit like Gary's dad's beautiful christian man who'd left his amazing heritage and all the family are gathered in the room um, with bill johnson's dad and bill johnson had this conviction he said we need to and you imagine this one of the last times you want to pray i'm not talking about you know singing a song that's going to comfort you i'm talking about singing praise to jesus in the midst of this and bill johnson said we can offer a sacrifice to god right now that we'll never have the opportunity to offer to god again and that is a sacrifice of praise in the midst of our grief. So he wasn't denying the grief of losing their dad, and their grandfather. But he said, we need to praise God in this moment, this sacrifice. Does that make sense? It's to express our faith in God and to show our faithfulness, no matter what's going on. And thirdly, unanswered prayer is a trial that grows our hope. How does that work? Sounds ridiculous. Romans 5, 3 to 5. And I love the passage, the impassioned um, translation of this. Um, but that's not all, Paul says. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence. Really? Really? I added that sarcastic really in there. Um, Knowing that our pressures will develop in us a patient Endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character. A lot of us know about that here, talk about it often. And, but listen, this proven character leads us back to hope. And I love this phrase. And the hope, and this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. Man, how many times have you gone up the road after a disappointing fantasy? Don't do that. Dig in, friends. When it gets tough, don't bail out. Dig in. This is what he's talking about. Because the endurance, here's the um. I tried to write out the equation because it's good. I need to say it a few times. And it's clearer than. Here it is. Tribulation brings perseverance. Perseverance brings character. And character brings hope. You know what? I've done plenty of weddings over the years. I've done a few other things, done dedications. Yeah, you know, things. You, and I've seen lots of Salvation Army soldiers, enrolled some soldiers. I've, I've been involved with commissioning of officers. And I think it's powerful and I think it's appropriate when we confess what we're going to do. But you know what? I find it even more powerful when people choose not to leave their marriage. Or people choose not to quit on being a soldier or an officer. And it's not all about that. But what I'm trying to say is... Words are one thing, and we're meant to confess, but you know what? You think planning a wedding's hard? (laughs) Try staying in a marriage. And then people say, oh, that sounds like, you know what? Go and talk to anyone who's been married and ask them, especially if you're not married yet, whether there's days when it's really hard. Sometimes we don't say that enough in a wedding because, you know, we don't want to wreck the atmosphere. (laughs) Stuff the atmosphere. Let's get honest. Because too many people have gone up the garden path looking for their, how did Paul put it in the Passion Translation? Disappointing fantasy. You know what? The toughest, the, the most real times of me being a selfish army officer have been the times when I've just wanted to quit. You know what? That tells me whether I'm real or not. That tells me, friends, when I stay in my marriage if I don't want to, that tells me whether I'm lying to myself or not. Because I've, I've quit, I was possibly lying to myself 20 years ago. If I quit on following Jesus and I committed my life to him 18 years ago, um, when I was 18, so you work out the maths in that, then I was lying to myself 18, when I was 18. But if I'm still following him, and the point I'm actually trying to make is when when you get Your tribulation and you persevere and it grows your character. What's the hope? I know more than ever today that I'm an authentic Christian. Why? Because I haven't quit yet. See, that's the hope he's talking about. People say, how do you know you're going to heaven? Well, you know what? I'm pretty convinced now. I wasn't all that convinced when I was 19, a year after I gave my life to Jesus, but I'm pretty convinced now. Why? Because I walked with my Saviour and my Lord and my Lover for however many years that's been. And I tell you what, I'm not going anywhere because I haven't found anything better. I've seen a few disappointing fantasies. Praise God I didn't follow them. And I've watched some friends follow them and it's so sad. When I was an apprentice electrician, I did four years of persevering in ceilings in Queensland in summer. You know Why do people want to put their ceiling fans up in summer? Put them up in winter, friends. Seriously, think ahead. And I sweated out of places I didn't know I had sweat glands. You can sweat out of your shins, you know that? And I'd sweat such big pools on people's ceilings, I was worried it would leak through the gyprock and they'd have to get their ceilings painted. It was stinking hot. I'm going, well, you know, and and you know what? People lie to you. Talk about disappointing... I actually enjoyed being an electrician, but disappointing fantasies. They go, oh, electrician, that's a clean trade. I spent four years filthy (laughs) crawling around with dead cats and rats and spiders and, you know, not trying to talk anyone out of being an electrician. It's a good trade. But it's not clean. But I persevered. So you know what? When I was one year into it, probably, I thought, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I'm an electrician yet. But after four years of perseverance, I got the card, man, to tell me I was one. That's how we know. Is in the hard times, we don't quit. And you know what, friends? We've got a question. If we want to quit, how sincere is our faith? And that's we find the sincerity when we press in. Yeah. And I love this in Psalms where it says, He is close to the brokenhearted. You know when life breaks your heart, you know those times. When life and circumstances and people break your heart, the Bible says, God is close to the brokenhearted. You want to meet God? You want to meet God in a deeper way? You want to get to know him better? Then next time that your heart is broken, press in and you'll get a fresh revelation of how much he loves you and how powerful he is. You may not get your prayer answered. You may not get your circumstances changed. But you'll get to know God as a loving God and a powerful God in a really much deeper way. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Unanswered prayer, or when God says no, are some of the toughest tests of our faith. But they're tests we can come through, providing we get honest with God, ourselves, and others. We can get through them if we hold on to our faith and be faithful. And we can come through knowing that we that the hope of the trial will only make our faith stronger, and it will prove our faith to be genuine. I want to show you a couple of photos this morning. The first one is um, of my uncle Pete's plaque, where he was buried at the age of 55, living behind three daughters and a son. And on Facebook I got this, this picture was on Facebook, one of my cousins posted this last year as she was grieving yet again the loss of her dad. But I'll show you the next picture too that my mum only sent me the other day. And friends, this is some, some of the places I draw my strength and my hope from. Not just from the Spirit of God, but the Spirit of God in people. And I'm going to get the On the right, some of you may recognise my mum. This was next to her, is her they're her three sisters. I'm all older than Uncle Pete, by the way. He was the youngest boy. And um, this was my next to my mum's auntie Heather, who this was her 80th birthday party just the other week. Then next to her, the eldest sister, Auntie Ruth. Then next to her, my mum's twin sister, Auntie Frida. Yeah, look at that photo. They are all women who are now all in their 80s, who are all still following Jesus. And I can tell you of years. And years of different trials they've all been through. Auntie Freda, I could tell you a story. Auntie Heather, I could tell you a few stories. Her husband got up from the dinner table when they were 67 and dropped dead of a heart attack. But she still followed. What's your excuse to quit? What's your excuse to quit, friends? Have you actually found someone more powerful than God? Have you actually found someone more faithful and committed than Jesus Christ? Who's went to the? who gone to a cross for you? Leave the photo up, friends, because I want people to get convicted today. Because I look at those women and I go, man, can I be like that? Can I be? I knew Gary's dad, Merv, and I looked up to him as a father in the faith. You know, when I was, someone was talking to me about Gary and Judas this, um, this week. You know what they said about Gary. Yeah, you know, Actually, I'll, I'll be honest here. I'll say, I don't know how Gary survived the Salvation Army because sometimes it's hard work <laughs> as an organization. And you know what? You know what they say? He's a very gracious man. What a great testimony, just like your dad, brother. Yeah. I want us to get real this morning, friends. I want us to get... Please put the photo up and leave it there. I want you to look at those ladies and you can't see the scars on their heart that the Holy Spirit has healed. But I want to honour them this morning as they have been faithful. They have been as, you know, they have, I reckon, been as faithful as Jesus. And you know what, friends? If you want to be as faithful as Jesus, all you got to do is not quit. Is to hold on. What will help you hold on is be honest. What will help you hold on is to know the hope that comes from persevering. Here's the hope. You know what? I love it that when I stand and say whatever I need to say at my mum's funeral, I'll be able to say that she's with Jesus, that she was faithful. When I show up at Auntie Heather's funeral, I'll be able to celebrate the same thing, or Auntie Ruth's funeral, or Auntie Frieda's funeral. And that might be not too far away. And I thank God that they've been faithful. I'm going to invite the band up. And, you know, this morning, if you need to do some business with God, well, don't wait. If you're struggling with something, and and you know what? We want to be real about the struggle this morning. Life is hard. I like to take some of those positive thinking books and shove them somewhere. (laughs) Seriously, life's hard. And I don't get any comfort some days out of people being positive. I get comfort out of people saying, getting in the trench with me and saying nothing. Saying, I'm here with you, bro. Or I understand. So I don't know what you need this morning. Maybe you've already quit on something. Maybe you're about to quit on something. Maybe you're like me and go, well, I'm in a pretty good season right now, but I know the trials will come. You never know how far away they are. Maybe you're in a great season right now, and you want to prepare for the trial by strengthening your faith putting your faith in the Word of God, allowing the Spirit of God to bring revelation of the Word of God to your heart. So when the trial, next trial comes, you're ready to hold on. So I invite you in a COVID-safe way, um, use the mercy seat, use along here, come and stand if you like and we'll pray for you. Um, but I want you to wrestle through this stuff. And you know what? If you have quit on something, today, it's not too late to stop quitting on it. I love that Jesus always forgives. We can always turn around. We can always come back. And if you're about to quit, please reach out to God and someone else. And you know what? If you're in a great season today, pray for those who are in a tough season. Hey? And and just have your spiritual senses sensitive to the Holy Spirit to lead you to maybe people that need your encouragement today, need your support today. Let's, let's actually stand. I know we can't sing, but, you know, hum with your lips closed or something because this is a great song where we get to it is well with my soul. And if it's well with your soul today, let that resonate in your spirit today. Engage with the song even though we can't sing. If it's not well with your soul today, do something about that before you leave this room.